Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Picararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm Tim. And we are so glad that you can join us as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So, Tim? Yo. This is episode 35. 35. Pretty excited. We are here at 35. Mm-hmm. So what you been up to? What have I been up to? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I just got back from Disney World. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Tell me, did you climb the castle? No. Do you want to? See, I see the castle. I want to climb it. <laughs> I don't really think that's an option. You know, I've only the been castle. there one time my whole entire life. Really? Yeah. I'm 125. <laughs> And I've only been there once, <laughs> but I am going to go back. But yeah, when I see that castle, I just want to climb it. Yeah, I, you can't. I don't think that's. Well, I know. I think I would end up in. I would end up in handcuffs. <laughs> the silver be, bracelets. You'd be in Disney jail. Yeah, Disney jail. <laughs> Is there a Disney? Jail? I don't know. There should be. That would be. I wonder if there's a. We need to research. If anybody knows if there's a Disney jail, we would like to know. Is there? And have you ever been in it? <laughs> I mean, how would they apprehend you? Excuse me. <laughs> like, what would they bust you for on there? I don't know. Not wearing the right ears. Uh, ears, I think that yeah. would be like not like having a, proper Mickey ear I'll, attire. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be. What if you like just wore your own suit, like <laughs> like your own Olaf suit, and yeah. came to the gate? Yeah, and Della would they let you just in? Be there, like going, like don't let him eat me. Yeah. Would they? Let, yeah, would they let you in? No, I don't think so. Because uh, you could confuse people. Yeah. So they'd make you take that off. I think But I'm so. a paying customer. Why can't I just wear my Olaf suit? I mean, that's true because they let little girls wear the princess dresses. Yeah. So why can't I wear as a grown up an Olaf enough. suit? You know? Or what if I wanted to dress up like Gaston? <laughs> you know what I mean? In a little village. Like, you know, I can mm-hmm. be Gaston. So, hey, you know what I'm going to do really quick? I'm going to go ahead and jump into a question for you because you need okay. it. I'm you ready. need this question. This is a good one. Okay? okay, so this is going to cause you to think. So be ready. I need you to go ahead and just draw in the this whatever kind of mental power that you have. Okay, okay. are you ready? Oh yeah. Okay, here we go. If you could have per- personally witnessed anything, what would you have want to have seen, and why? Can I pick two things? Start with one. Okay. So, two things. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I, being um, kind of the theater person that I am, I would have loved to see a Shakespearean production back in the day when Shakespeare was still alive. I would have loved to witness that. Just seeing how the actors portrayed it. I'm sure it's so different than how it is today so I would be just I think it would just be really cool to have witnessed that and then the other thing that I would have loved to witness um, probably would be when they brought the Berlin Wall down I think 
That That's cool. I think that that would be, it's just such an amazing part of history. I think that that would have just been a really neat um, experience to have and just to see the emotion of the people and, um, you know, how that just changed the way that life was and now is in Germany. That's cool. You know, I watched that on TV. You did? Yeah. <laughs> what year was that? I don't even yeah. know. That was uh, it was the 80s. Was I alive? Probably. I don't I don't know where you were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on in your world. I just know I remember it's like, you know, you know, tear down that wall. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that was a big deal. And people out there with little hammers and they were collecting little pieces mm-hmm. of the rock and all that yeah. stuff. As a matter of fact, I think not too long ago, like someone had one of those. And I think they tried to sell it on eBay. Like a chunk of the Berlin Wall or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, anything's for sale on eBay. So if I had to choose one of those, it would probably be the Shakespeare show, even though that's the least cool one. I mean, it's cool for you, right? It is cool for me. I mean, it was for you. The question was, it would be like the most, it would be the thing that would bring me the most joy of all of those things. It would be less out of curiosity. It would bring me the most joy to have experienced that. Okay. And joy is good. Yeah. Joy is a keeper and keep joy. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we, um, we have some cool things coming up and, uh, we had a really good conversation with a bunch of young professionals, which I'm looking forward to as we figure out how to bring more. And just for the, for those of you who are listening, we want to do a young professional series, um, whether you want to call them millennials or young professionals, but it's just to, uh, you know, to get their voice out there and uh, for more to learn about them and to, for them to even connect with their peers, you know, the people that are with them as well, uh, to help them along in their journey and where they're going. But we also, for the listeners that don't understand that group mm-hmm. and um, to get a better understanding of them. And they're great. I mean, they're really fun and great and wonderful people. And I think it's going to be fun as we do and we figure out which is coming. We don't know Mm -hmm. when, but the um, uphill conversations with young professionals and we're going to figure out how we're going to place it and where we're going to place it and when we might even just make it its own separate podcast. So, um, so we're looking forward to sharing that with you guys and some other cool things that we have coming up. But most importantly, we have this interview with an amazing person Alicia Aberley. Yep. And so she is a photographer, a certified Reiki master, an NLP practitioner and timeline therapist. And she joined us all the way from Australia, uh, actually with the power out in the middle of the night at about one or two in the morning. Um, But she's really cool. She's gone through just a tremendous transformation over the past few years. And I, I think that you'll be inspired by her journey. Yeah, and it was really cool because I think she not only, it was one or two in the morning, mm-hmm. but she didn't realize when she booked the conversation with us to have the conversation that she didn't realize the no, time. she that. didn't. But she was so cool. She was a great sport. And mm-hmm. she was like, she sounded like it yeah. was like 10 o'clock in the morning where she was. She was like ready to go. Right. And even in the conditions, you can just tell. So everything that she talks about, you can actually see it. And just in the way she did this, she didn't say, hey, guys, I booked the wrong time. or mm-hmm. She just stuck with it. She did. And you can just tell she's one of those people that says, hey, you know what? I'm doing this, you know, and she knows exactly what she's doing, where she wants to go. And she accepted the challenge, mm-hmm. which was cool, because I know that, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, you know, th- that's not something I really just plan for. <laughs> no. <laughs> like. 30, 45 minute conversation <laughs> with somebody random when I'm thinking about sleep, you know? 
So, um, hey, if you want to get in touch with us, please do so at Tim at UphillConversations.co or at Megan at UphillConversations.co. You can find us on the website, UphillConversations.co and Facebook. And Twitter. And Twitter up at Uphill Combo. Mm-hmm. So without any further delay, let's jump into this interview with Miss or Mrs. Miss. Miss Alicia Aberley. Welcome to Uphill Conversations, Alicia. Uh, I know that you just got back from a trip, and when we had our little pre-chat before we got started, you mentioned that it's pretty early in the morning where you are. So, I mean, I guess tell us a little bit about your trip, and you know, how are you doing? How's everything going? Yeah, it's great. Hi, Megan. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's great to be here with you. So, it's 1 a.m. in the morning in Queensland, Australia. And uh, we've just had a big cyclone here in Queensland. So we have no power at the moment here uh, where I am. So fortunately, I, I have my laptop still still working. So um, I've just come back from a trip to Bali. I was over there for nine nights. And that was for a Bali Magic Mastermind with other people from all around the world. So I hadn't met, well, actually, I'd met the facilitator. But I hadn't met any of the other people. So it was really incredible to spend time with people that I'd never met before. And the bonds that we developed were just out of this world, like just next level. So it was an amazing experience. That's awesome. I'm, I, that is one place that I would love to, to go one day. It's beautiful. Um, and that's very cool. Well, um, as we were preparing for this interview today, um, you know, I spent some time reading your ebook, uh, "Blow mm-hmm. Your Own Beautiful Mind," and um, I would just love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey up until this point. Right. So, thank you for reading my book. <laughs> um, "Blow Your Own Beautiful Mind" came about from, uh, I guess, my past and how. I had lived my life up until a certain point of not putting myself first and just the way that most people live their lives. And, you know, we seem to have this um, ability as humans to run as robots and to not be conscious in our space. And the book was written just to give insight. A lot of people were asking me, where did I come from and why do I do what I do? So I wanted to give a little bit of a journey on that to explain the whole blow your own beautiful mind part. And that is, um, you know, in the book, Megan, having read that, you'll know that, you know, when I was 26, I had my meltdown. Uh, I pulled over on the side of the road and it was one of those pivotal moments where just my world felt like it was falling apart. And for no you know, there was no major cataclysm. It was just a, a building of layer upon layer upon layer that I'd not looked at and that um, I'd carried emotion in my heart that, you know, it had just stayed there. And so it came to a boiling point. And at that point in time, I, you know, I, I swear I was on the side of the road for about an hour. Um, I called my dad and then I called my soon-to-be life coach who I'd met maybe a few months before and, and didn't think I was ready to see her. But at that point, uh, I knew I knew it was time. So, you know, I grew up with my dad. Um, at the age of three, my mum, 
she just wasn't maternal. Um, I have a relationship with her now, but she wasn't maternal. So my dad got full custody of me when I was three. I spent my time um, from the age of five, four or five, with my second mum and my dad and never really fit in that space or never felt that I fit in that space. And um, as I grew up, I had a lot of self-issues around not feeling worthy, as most people do, not fitting in at school, um, you know, struggling. I hit 16 um, and that was a great point in my life to realise that school wasn't the be-all and end-all. I think a lot of kids, um, you know, breaks my heart for a lot of kids at school these days where they think that's, that's just their world mm-hmm. and it, it is their world. But when they get out of school, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's such a, such a bigger world out there. Um, yeah, and I just went along. I was in abusive relationships emotionally, physically. Um, do you know there was growing up there was a lot of drugs and alcohol um, and, and not just not great relationships. And when I hit that point of 26, I'm 37 now, um, I realized that it was time to do the work on me. And I've been doing that ever since. Um, over the last 12 months, I've dived really deep in that space and have been blowing my own beautiful mind. So I choose not to work for an employer now. I have been to Bali twice this year so far. I have been teaching women. I love I love to work with women. I do love to work with men, but my passion is women and I love to teach women um, how to put themselves first, how to do what it is that lights them up, how to let go of all of these limiting beliefs that have been holding them back their whole lives um, because they don't know how to do anything different. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm super passionate in that, in that space to, to teach women that. And I teach women that because I have lived that myself and I see how important it is for us to blow our own beautiful minds and to put ourselves first in this space. I think that's so wonderful. Just the, you know, the whole idea of, you know, women lifting other women up and just helping each other and empowering each other. Uh, one thing that you said as you were kind of walking through that is, you know, you you didn't you, you have a relationship with your mother now, but you didn't have that when you were younger. And you had a series mm-hmm. of abusive relationships. You find yourself, you know, 26 years old. You're you kind of have this this moment where where you finally break and you realize something needs to change. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I agree with you on that you mentioned in your book is, you know, that guilt is a wasted emotion and that, you know, time can't be given back. But mm-hmm. I, I know as, you know, someone who's experienced my own challenges in life and as a parent of two young girls, um, that even though you know you're doing your best and, you know, you're continuing to move on and charge ahead, it can be really hard to forgive yourself when you make a misstep. But guilt and forgiveness, I mean, those are really two different things. So once you've mm-hmm. let once you've let go of the guilt and once you've said, you know, I'm not going to waste my time on that, how do you take mm-hmm. that next step and, and forgive yourself? Great question. So my dad taught me something many, many years ago that I carry with me to this day. And the, the, um, he said to me, first say thank you. So for everything that happens in our lives, for every moment, um, for every decision we make where we may feel guilt and then 
need to or find a need to forgive ourselves when we recognize that first as a blessing and we take away the pressure it's a really interesting thing to um yeah I'm just thinking about this to to have the two go side by side first to have the guilt moment and then to have to go through the forgiveness process it's just having that awareness first and not beating ourselves up in that space. And you know what, Megan, for for me and for seeing that with other people, it takes time. Awareness is key. Awareness of the fact that you're doing the best that you can in that moment. Um, a great book I read was um, the it was the four agreements. I then bought the five agreements. They added another agreement in there. And that book really helped me to um, understand that we all do our best with what we have. So collecting tools along the way to be able to forgive ourselves, it's just, it's a practice and a process mm-hmm. um, and, and letting go of that guilt. One of the tools I use with my clients, which I love greatly, is removing limiting beliefs because we have so many of them. And when we clear limiting beliefs, we have more limiting beliefs that come up. And um, the a fast and efficient way that I have found is through a process called timeline therapy where we are able to tap into the unconscious mind and remove the limiting beliefs and guilt. There's a lot around guilt that people hold. So um, that has been the most effective tool that I've found for people to release the guilt that they hold. That's a, I, I love that. It's beautiful. I mean, I believe in forgiveness and obviously forgiving yourself and also others. And um, I'm, you'll hear from me often. If anyone that's been in my life, they know, you know, sorry and forgiveness are totally different things, <laughs> you know, <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sorry, sorry, you, you still have some kind of power or even a lack yeah. thereof forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's co- it's totally relinquishing power, letting go. If I were to walk up to someone and say, will you forgive me? I'm not saying I'm, I'm sorry. You know, to me, sorry means I'll do it again. Or sorry means I haven't really thought about this or thought this through. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. I mean, that's very, very powerful stuff that you just shared. Um, hey, I want to go back to, and I, I love how you pulled over to the side of the road, you know, and I have a very interesting story uh, and for myself in the same way, and it you know deals with an automobile. But mine, and, you know, and gosh, this is probably going to shock people who know me even that don't know this, but, you know, I was in a weird spot. You know, I was getting myself, finding myself getting in a lot of trouble. And my whole thing was, you know, driving down the road and just thinking about just, oh, I'll hit this tree, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm just going to be done with this. But it was because I had all that emotion packed inside of me as well. That emotion, mm-hmm. it's amazing when you have this, you know, it's compacted. It's like soil, like a tree cannot grow in a compacted soil. It doesn't grow right. The roots rise up. They're trying to dig. They do whatever they can. And that soil needs to be fractured. And I would like to use that basically as a picture, like when you pulled over and you spent that one hour and you made two phone calls, that was a little bit of you fracturing that compacted emotion that could go this way or that way. It could go so many different directions. Um, How do you help people to just get them to the point where they say, it's okay, you need this thing to be broken up? 
like you are letting this turn into a mass that can be so destructive because, you know, there is no reasoning with emotions. Emotions do not have reasoning capabilities. Your mind does, but not your emotions. So can you tell me what that was like and for yourself as far as fracturing those emotions, finally making a phone call to your dad and to this person who became a coach to you, but also how do you, so that experience for you, but also how do you get other people to go ahead and just let's go ahead and let's break up this big bound up, wound up tight ball of emotion. Right. So firstly for me, yeah, it was layer upon layer upon layer of stuff that I'd, I'd accumulated throughout my life. So to um, deconstruct that, you know, in my book, you'll um, see that I wrote, um, we humans think that they're broken, but we're not broken. We're just breaking open. And I think that's a misconception that we have. It's like, um, you know, we get ourselves into these spaces where we feel like our world's falling apart. And and what I get people to see is that every decision we have ever made, everything that we have ever done in our lives is because of us. And the key thing I teach is that there are two ways that we can live our life. And 99% of people live their lives the first way. And that is blaming other people. And I say this with love and compassion, living in a pity party. And the 1% of people um, live their life in total awareness and total acknowledgement that they are exactly where they are from every decision they have ever made. And that is a really tough thing for people to take sometimes. You know, it's easy for people to to blame their jobs or to blame their partner or to blame their circumstances or to blame, you know, external forces. But when you look at it, everything that happens in our lives is because of a decision we have made. You know, if we have uh, to the extreme, even a car accident, I mean, it's your choice to get into the car to drive somewhere. Right. right. So I teach people that, um, you know, the breaking that when they're in that space, and I, you know, I love this space. This is the toughest space to be in. It's that borderline. What you're talking about, Tim, for you, you know, it's that pivotal moment where I can go one way or I can go the other. I can yep. choose my life or, or I can choose to not have my life. Right. And that pivotal moment is a beautiful moment. And my clients that come to me, a lot of them come to me at that pivotal moment. And so in the early space of the work we do together, I teach them that. And throughout our, our coaching space together, at the moment with the program I run, um, I just do a month, a 28-day um, program with with my clients. And um, that will be expanding out into a lot of other things this year. Um, but that's key. Throughout the, whole, throughout the whole process that I work one-to-one and close with them, I am constant in that teaching of you choose two ways. You live your life blaming others or you live your life from total accountability. And also in that, um, living our life from um, total accountability is also, this is an interesting one. So people can place blame and live in a pity party and also not know they're doing it and think that they're doing, think that they're being positive. And so it can be subtle in such a way as, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in a relationship with somebody. Now I've experienced this. So this is a real life example. Um, you know, I'm in a relationship and he doesn't love me as much as I love him. And that's okay. You know, I get it. He's got his stuff going on. That's a, that's still, whilst that may be compassionate to somebody else, that's still like living in that pity party. Cause it's like, well, what do you want? 
Do you want somebody that loves you that way, that doesn't love you the way that you want to be loved? When you take full ownership for your space and you take full accountability for your space, you won't have relationships in the first place like that. When you take full accountability for your space, when you come from a total place of alignment and you're acknowledging that everything comes from you, you won't be in jobs you don't like. You won't have relationships with people, with friends that don't serve you. You won't have relationships with partners that aren't fulfilling you. Every decision you make will come back to what serves you because you're living your place from you're living your life from a total place of acknowledging that you are exactly where you are because of everything you do and everything you've done. So that's my key. That's my key learning. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Well, I, I'm you. You talk about awareness and awareness of self is key. Uh, I mean, mm. that is it's so important. But when you have that moment and you start to really dig in to your awareness and as you're becoming more aware that can be a pretty painful process. Um, I, I mean, you you feel, you know something's missing, you know something's wrong, and, you know, we aren't broken, but, but you might feel broken. And as you start becoming more aware, you're realizing these parts of yourself, these important parts of yourself that maybe you haven't been nurturing, you're bringing those subconscious things up into the conscious self. So as you're doing that for yourself and as you're working with people, how how do you kind of pull yourself, how do you continue to pull yourself forward and and get out of that muck that you that mm. you're starting to create and and get past the pain of awareness? Firstly, it's acknowledgement and acknowledgement of the fact of where you're at. And uh, you know, my dad's got so many gems. Uh, just uh, I love his teachings. Something he taught me as well is get dirty with the feeling get messy, roll around in it. And one thing I find that as humans we tend to do is resist the feelings inside of us. So when, we're, when we find ourselves in a place of growth, yeah, it is painful, yeah, it is challenging, um, that's undeniable. And everyone who uh, next levels in their space goes through their own challenges and their own um, pain, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, if people could understand that it's okay, that they're not – um, there's nothing wrong with them, you know, and, and by allowing the emotions to emerge and by giving them a place of acknowledgement, it's easier to work through them mm-hmm. because you're not resisting anymore. You know, that classic line, what you resist persists. It, your emotions and those feelings can't resist if you acknowledge them. Um, yeah, that's the, I think that's, that's the key. And then knowing that, we are on a journey and it takes time. Like doing the work on ourselves takes time. Showing up each and every single day for ourselves, that takes practice. And there's no quick fix, you know, no coach, no um, book, no um, experience alone will help you to totally get through what you need to. It's, It's an ongoing process. So surrounding yourself with people that, um, encourage and support you. You know that's a great thing to do. Not not people that um, uh, aren't going to be supportive of your growth. You know, putting yourself in situations where uh, it's going to serve you more to you know to get through whatever it is that you need to get through. We're we're all humans having a human experience, and that does come with with a lot of emotion. So yeah, just just acknowledging it first, and as we acknowledge and move further into our truth, 
that's a big thing. You know, a lot of people spend their lives, um, as I said before, I think I said before, robotically, not consciously. As we begin to become conscious, we find that the emotions and the, the messy stuff that we need to go through gets less and less. So we begin responding rather than reacting as we continue and just show up day in, day out for ourselves. And I think having that authenticity and being able to create that awareness and that self-belief and know who you are and move forward is is great. And I mean, it really lines up with you made a statement that uh, that I that I just love, which is how others perceive you is none of your business. And Mm -hmm. and I think that in our world where, you know, the media and marketing, it's all about how you look and keeping up with the Joneses and wearing the right thing and doing the right thing. But what really matters is how you see yourself. Yes. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, Alicia, there was something when you were saying this, it just came to me. You remember the big trust fall exercises people would always do, you know, a trust fall, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, okay, I'm going to catch you, you know, but you know, all the stuff you're saying, this just triggered it. And, and, and I, I have something for you after this, but awareness and acknowledgement with openness and trusted relationship is the new trust fall for yourself and for others. I mean, it's like really getting into, you know what I mean? Like this, just like, it just like, wow, you know, like let's take trust fall to a whole nother level. Let's get to that part where we're, we're allowing ourselves to just come unraveled and untangled. And, um, I have this thought, right. That I always work with that is, you know, I tell people I'm broken in all the right places. So I, it's just what I mean by that for them is for them to understand that the things that I've gone through, I've done that, you know, like there's relationships I've been in where people you ever have, you know, you've had those toxic relationships where you have to have a necessary ending, but there are people that you have to say to them, look, I don't need you to ruin my life. I could do it all by myself. I don't need any help. Okay. I I can, I can make my life great and I can make it bad. So in other words, you can stand back and I can do this. All right. So I'll do this for myself. But in the broken and all the right places, the beauty of when you're going through it, and 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 I and I know you're using it in a different way, as saying that we're not broken. But for me, the way I try to help folks is saying, if you do view yourself as broken, be broken in all the right places, and that starts by you owning every decision. And I agree with you; everything is your. It's a reflection or or it's a part of your decisions. Obviously, once you're old enough to be making those decisions and you're aware of what they are, you know, that's your responsibility. Your life looks like you, period. That's just the way it is. But with that, I tell them, but here's the beauty of that when you're broken in all the right places. And I use it from this example. My, my brother and I used to do everything to drive my mom crazy. And, um, you know, we were just boys and she was a single mom for a very long time. And we made my mom cry, I think, every other day. It was just something we did. It was just just she had no idea what to do with this. Well, we br- busted up this lamp my mom saved all this money up for. And so we decided to put it back together. Well, this is in the 70s, right? So <laughs> this this lamp was like one of these like translucent blue and the light was the bulb was like on the inside. 
side and the light glue, you know, it, it would come out of it, you know, and it was so pretty. My mom loved this lamp. So, of course, we're being boys and doing things we're not supposed to do. And we not only break it, I mean, we bust this thing apart, right? Throwing something, a ball or something in the house or in this little apartment we had. So we get the idea from one of our uncles, we'll glue it back together. So we glued the whole thing back together. And one night my mom goes, hey, let's watch, you know, some TV show might have been on, something like Superman in the evening or whatever. So we're sitting there. My mom turns on her favorite lamp and she says, boys, do you have anything to tell me? And we're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and see, we, we don't even notice. We don't even notice all the scenes, the holes, all the little things from this lamp that we put back together. And the light is coming all out of it. Well, of course, in that situation, it was oh. a bad thing for my mom. But when it comes to us as people, man, that brokenness is such a testament. That being, but you know what I mean? Something's broken, but you are okay working with the pieces. And you know what? You may have some missing, but it's the light yeah. that's in you that has the ability to escape. And it, and you can walk around and not be ashamed of, of, you know what I mean? Of what it, you know, I don't care about what it used to look like. You know, I tell people, I don't care about what my life, I never want my life to look like it used to look like, even in the best moments. I want it to look even better. Even my best moments are still moments that still aren't the very best or best representation of me and my potential. So let me ask you, when you're working with folks like that and they are putting pieces back together, how do you get them to realize that that light in them can shine so much more brilliantly, even through something that people do know the history, the story of it. They're still around mm -hmm. folks that know, kind of like the Scarlet Letter. You know, she had to go to town with an A sewn right on her chest, but she still went to market. She still didn't let that stop her. It's people put the A on her. She may have done something, but they labeled her. How do you get people to shine still, still shine brightly? Oh, that's a good one, Tim. <laughs> um, that's a great question. No pressure here. Um, so, <laughs> I guess, I guess I, I have an ability to help people pull back their layers, and I have an ability to help people to be able to put their hand on their heart. I was taught this, put their hand on their heart and feel total love for themselves, regardless of where they've come from and what they've done. And I think I, I have the ability to hold space for people to fall apart, even though they're not broken. Right. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know a specific of, of how – how I do that. It's an accumulation of multiple things, you know, by having the awareness, by giving yourself permission to be all of you. You know, sometimes people just need someone to see them. You know, one of my, yeah. one of the, one of the ladies I work with, um, when we first started working together, I'm still working with her at the moment in this 28 day process. She was just crying like for months and she wasn't able to stop crying and she had all these things and people have a lot of stories around their stuff and and it's just just noise you know it's not um when we're coming from a place of that pity party whether it's from a soft space or from a not so soft space we don't see anything outside of that often so bringing the awareness that is one thing but but also sharing with people that that's okay. Like when you're in that space, love you anyway. Um, if you want to cry, cry. 
And just by me saying to her, do you know what? Crying is, an, is a natural emotion. Like if you, if you feel like you need to cry, cry it out. And that alone was just enough for her to go, oh, my, my gosh. And she cried for a few more days. She went out into the forest. She was hugging trees for the first time in her life. But she <laughs> let it out. So, so it was really cool. And now, like within a, a few-week process, she's jumping around out of her skin. And she says to me still, she messaged me this morning, she's like, thank you so much. You know, thank you for giving me permission to cry. Mm. It's, we get so stuck in, stuck in our ways that, it's that robotic thing again that we don't step into consciousness and go or awareness and go, well, what's going on here? So I just have this ability for people to, to um, understand where they're at, understand there's nothing wrong with them because people think there's stuff wrong with them, um, and just be able to guide them through those processes. And it's individualized. You know, what you may need, Tim, to help you to shine bright would be different to what you need, Megan. You know, it would be different to what my clients um, need or what somebody else needs. So there's no specific formula for people to see their own light. And that's something that needs to come from inwards. Um, I just am able to beautifully guide people to see that. There's the magic, Tim. It's an unexplainable one. It's, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a magical process. That, no, I understand. And it's taking it one step at a time. And I like what you say, you know, about, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you see a, a, a little kid play with a Barbie, a little girl playing with a Barbie, and she's the voice of it. And she moves it and she does all of that. She uses her imagination for it. It's unfortunate when people then grow up and become the plastic Barbie. And then yeah. it's everybody else moving their arms, thinking for them and speaking for them. You know, everyone's got to, they're going to have to find their own way. If not, they're just reduced down to just almost plastic, <laughs> you know, yeah. and just going through them. But you're right. Everybody has a magic. There's a magic combination. And I appreciate that you take the time to um, look into that because as Megan and I do coaching as well, and we do leadership training and development, the thing is, is we understand everyone's unique and you have to spend the time to really, you know, you have to listen to understand and not just come in with some kind of template and a formula. And, but it's, I just love hearing your approach and that's what I wanted our listeners to hear from you. Yeah. And, and Thank what you. I, what I really love, Alicia, is that, that idea of permission, you know, give yourself the permission to be all of you. Um, Kind of thinking through that, what are different ways that you that you invest in yourself? Yeah, I've been investing in myself for solidly from that point in time. So from the point on the side of the road, the age of twenty six. Um, from so some of the things I've done. Would you like me to share from yeah, that point? That'd be great. Perfect. So first, it was um, I had my life coach, and I spent around about five years with her. And that was great because it was a safe space for me to fall apart and to be able to put begin to put myself back together. You know, my life coach was brilliant. She never told me what to do. She just allowed me a space to see my own magic. Um, so I did that. I um, became a Reiki master. I wanted to learn how to energetically heal, heal myself. Um, so that was something that I did. I have been to so, so many events on, um, self to learn about self, to build confidence. You know, I, up until 12 months ago, um, my, whilst you couldn't sit on the outside, my self-worth was so low, so, so low. And I've, 
um, always been an optimistic person. You know, the glass has always been, I love this. People say, you know, um, do you see the glass as um, half full or half empty? Well, I love the glasses overflowing. So I've lived my life that way, yet I had this undercurrent of self-doubt. And um, through all of these processes, you know, I've, I've been, had been searching for so long for something to fix me per se. So investing in all of these things, up until 12 months ago, um, I was doing the external work, not realizing that it was all inside of me. So all of those things I, I believe were necessary in my journey. They've brought me to where I am. But over the last 12 months, it's changed. My investment in self has changed. So I'm constantly reading books that, um, and I've always done this as well, but constantly reading books that teach me things about myself that I don't know um, or teach me things that I've forgotten about myself. I Last year I invested in my NLP training, uh, which was, one of the best courses I've ever done, um, ever. And then I invested in an online empire builder course, which was phenomenal, which has taught me how to build an online empire. Um, and then I invested in a three day mastermind and this one was big. Like this was a $10,000 course coming from someone who, you know, I'm a single mom. Um, I do have a partner, but I, you know, I support myself. So single mom, um, I was working on one income, um, to invest $10,000 into myself. Actually, I just, um, I just finished up in my job. So for last year, I invested in, I spent probably, I don't know, $10,000, $15,000 on my investment, like, sorry, on my self-development. And then January came and I'd made a deal with myself that when this three-day mastermind came up in Bali, this was earlier this year, I would go. So January, it comes up that this three-day mastermind is on. I'd just been let go of my job alongside 300 other people. I had no income coming in. I didn't know what I was going to do and the course came up. And I've got myself to a point where I'm in total alignment with my purpose. And I take action uh, based off what I feel I'm meant to be doing. And, you know, I work from that space of feeling. Other people have different ways of doing things. Mine is a feeling. And I knew I needed to be on that trip. And that was $10,000. So I had no idea where that was going to come from, but I knew I needed to invest in myself. And from that space, magic has unfolded. By trusting in that space of being, of needing to be there, do you know, my coaching has unfolded. Um, opportunity has come left, right, and center by backing myself in those investments. So to spend $10,000 on myself, and not know where the money is coming from now is it I just do it it's not even a question and you know Tim that's been to come to that space of backing myself unwaveringly in what I know my purpose is and to hand over any control issues because as humans we want to control everything to hand over the control to um a higher purpose for me it's the universe you know, I believe in source and the universe to just hand that over the trust over and say I know you've got my back to have full trust in that I remember being on the edge I remember and I know that entrepreneurs I know I believe every entrepreneur would go through this and you know maybe you could share as well this in your experience so it's like standing on the edge of a cliff going from the way you've always been taught to stepping into that entrepreneurial world. And it's there's so much fear in that moment. And there's so much, I don't know how I'm going to make money. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Am I worthy? Will people love what I do? Um, and when we hit this point where we jump and we're just floats and we realize that 
the jumping was the best part because we're safe and we're looked after. And then having the trust in that space to let go of the how, that is one of the key things I teach as well, just let go of the how and trust yourself. When you're in total alignment, the universe or God, whoever you believe in, will make magic happen for you. So my investment in self, back to your question, Megan, um, just keep stepping up and up and up. And spending time in Bali, I've been twice this year already for two unexpected, well, I didn't know it was going to happen. It wasn't planned. Um, twice for masterminds with people from all around the world. And the relationships that have been built from that and what's coming out of that is just mind-blowing. We can only see as far as we can see. And when we put total trust and faith in our purpose and in our alignment and in ourselves, what truly unfolds from that, um, there's the magic. You know, we have no idea what that looks like. So I just go now in my for my self-development and my investment of self with what feels right, regardless of price, regardless of logistics, and just turn up and um, magically it all unfolds as it needs to. And, and it's so much more empowering than what I ever imagined in the first place. That is so good. You know, um, it, it's, it's tough getting people to understand that, you know, and I know you've run into that and that's, yeah. I have, I have, done that so much. I mean, I used to spend a lot of time just investing so much in other people and then I would feel my reservoir run dry. Then I was like, wait a second, I got to change this, you know, and I've been uh, self-employed since 1998 was, you know, I mean, that's a long time, you know, and I've really enjoyed the journey. Um, of course, there's a lot of shifts that happen, but there is nothing greater than saying I, I have the potential in me and a lot of times people need to shift like all the questions like, will this work? What if I do this? And then if I do this and what about this? And I don't know about this. We weren't put on this earth to predict the future. We were put on this earth to live our life. And we were put on our on this earth, I believe, and created to live to the fullest of that. And then we haven't even begun to tap into, I don't think any of our lives, I think people that have lived full long lives in their 90s there's still more potential in them. And I just hope they've released the majority of it before they ever leave the earth. But in, in that whole process, it's, it's, it's the, the experience that we should have, as you said, getting on the edge and finding yourself, not just being an adrenaline junkie, you know, just to get on the edge of everything, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's not about adrenaline. It's really about that potential getting the opportunity to even self-actualize, to really understand what you're capable of doing and stop looking at things as opportunities. You know what I mean? Like like every oh, if I had the opportunity for this or the opportunity for that and forget all of that, show up, be yourself, be aware, be in alignment. And when you have all of those things happening, it's amazing what you see. Even when you yes. can't see, that's when you really get to see. And I think that is what makes people so afraid. It's what they do not see. But the magic, as you're saying, to me, is in the fact that I can't see it, but I know it's true because inside of me, I am built for this. I am wired for remarkable, incredible, unimaginable things that are unique and true to me, who I am, how I show up, and what I would like to accomplish. So um, I just, I, I love that you have made that a priority. Too many people, um, and, you, and let me ask you this question. Do you run into people that say, 
about investing in yourself. Well, gosh, you seem pretty selfish. No, because I don't think I let off that um, that vibe. So I don't attract that that language around my space. And you know what? I wouldn't even see that because it's not something that resonates with me in the first place for people to to think that way. And Tim, one of the one of the things that I teach people the most to blow your own beautiful mind is to put yourself first. And that's where it could be perceived as selfish rather than the investment of self. Or actually, now that I say that out loud, yeah, okay. If I come around and from a different space, this the selfishness would come from uh, if people were to say that. Again, I don't hear that, but I know that some people would think this. The selfishness can come from um, the putting of self first. So my my thing is put yourself first, blow your own beautiful mind first. And once you have done that, then you are able to go and be of service to the rest of the world if you choose to be. I totally agree. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it takes time to do that work on, your, on yourself. So the selfish part, go be selfish. Go be lovingly selfish, you know. Uh, for people that, that think that way, I think they need to go and be self and, uh, lovingly selfish for themselves as well. Um, once we go through, I, I don't know why this happens for humans. I'm not sure. Someone said to me while I was away in Bali um, this time, um, we, and this was a lady who is very well known in Brazil, um, for what she does. She said, we are here to remember why we are here. And it struck me to think like, we go through all of this pain, you know, being on the edge of that cliff, as I, as I said before, metaphorically speaking is that is hard work. You know, I felt like a basket case for so long. You know, it's, it's up, down, up, down, tears, anger. Oh my gosh, I'm going insane. There were times I felt like I could be institutionalized. You know, um, I totally get, I can talk about it now because I'm out of it. Um, but I, you know, in being in those moments, it's so freaking hard to see out of that. It's so hard to, when, when someone says, you know, just let go of the how, it's like, yeah, but how do I let go of the how? <laughs> we have, right. We have, so yeah. much, <laughs> we have so much control in our space. We want to know how everything is. And, and that, again, that just letting go and metaphorically off the cliff and just releasing, you know, when we, I think we need to do the work on ourselves first and whatever that work is, you know, um, enjoy it. Yeah, right. get messy with yourself. Right. Quit beating up on yourself for where you're at um, and be selfish, be totally selfish with love in your space because at the end of the day the one person you are with the most in your life is you yep the yep. one per the one person that um you can count on the most is you and at the end of the and at the end of your life when you are laying in that on your deathbed what are you going to want right you're going to want a life where you are fulfilled you're going to want to say hey yeah i did everything that i could do in my life right you feel fulfilled in that space it comes back to self and you're just going to want your family around so, yeah, I don't know. It's a beautiful journey. It's a, I love the messiness. I love the chaos. I love the, the broken, um, the breaking, the finding the light. I just, I love that. I find it such a beautiful process for humans when they have that awareness that they need to change something in themselves and they begin that journey for themselves to find their shining light through the cracks, as you put it, Tim. I, I just love it. It lights me up so much. <laughs> well, that process is so important. And I tell people all the time, there's a joy in the journey. 
That's where your real joy is. It's in the journey, you know, and in all the things that happen to me, they're ne- it's a necessity of a problem. It's the necessity of obstacles. It's the necessity of challenge. It's the necessity of things that didn't go right. And it's because, I mean, that's where your real growth is. You've, you've got to just go ahead and embrace that stuff. I, you know, a lot of people, they'll say something goes wrong. And I say, hey, you know what? Imagine it's a person and I want you to hug that hell out of it just hug it you know just get a hold of it and pull it close to you and embrace it it's too easy for us to embrace all the little lovely fluffy things you know embrace this other stuff and you don't have to make it a part of what your future is but I guarantee you it's going to impact how you do move forward with your future so you need to make that decision at that point and um I, I just I love it you're 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 so fun to talk to about this you're got my mind going I'm, I'm like I'm sitting here I'm, I'm getting little quotes out of here and things that are going into a book that I'm working on so um I got some great ideas let me let me ask you this question this is just a random one for you Ready? Random question. Okay. Okay. I want you to share something that people don't know about you. Like it's a talent. It's like, you know, are you a person that has this, I don't know, deep secret love with Phantom of the Opera. And when you're in the car, you sing it or whatever. (laughs) Like what is, what is there something that people just don't know about you? It could be a quirk. It could be like this, you know, are you like your, all your shoes have to be in color by all, you know, side by side in the closet. Like (laughs) tell me something, just share with the listeners, something just very unique and different that no one knows really. Okay, so I did this on Facebook not long back, to, and not everyone saw this. It wasn't a post to, that got a lot of attention. <laughs> so I, th- I think it's an interesting question. So only a few people would know this about me. Um, in the past, I love what you said about the, the shoes. You know, there were times in my life where I had to color coordinate my wardrobe, um, you know, the whites and then the blacks and then the colors and whatnot. And there was a time <laughs> where I could never use wooden pegs on my partner's clothes, but I could on mine, but I'd feel guilty if I used wooden <laughs> pegs. I don't know. It's like they got to have uh, plastic pegs. Uh, so I don't, I don't sing. I don't have a hidden talent, anything like that. But what I do is, I don't know how interesting this is going to be for your readers, but this is something I noticed in me and it's a quirk of mine um, for your listeners. Sorry. <laughs> I, when I'm on the phone and I'm sitting outside there's a lot of leaves outside where we are. We're, we're up in um, in the treetops and leaves fall on the veranda a lot. So I find myself picking up leaves while I'm on the phone and I line them up. I line them up in shape. I line them up in color. Um, I place them side by side. I'll uh, create a pattern with these leaves. So, you know, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then I'd walk outside and there's this beautiful pattern of leaves and <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just become a pattern and a habit of mine. So that's my... It's not that interesting, but that's my little quote. No, that's very interesting, and that's that's neat. I mean, I, I love that. I've never heard anyone do that. Now, I'm a phone pacer. I pace when I'm on the phone, so I'm like, I'm all over the place. You know, I could if if there was like if I wasn't in a house, I could probably be 20 miles down the road and not even realize <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> no, I love I love that. If you I don't you do you post pictures ever of your of your leaf patterns now that you've noticed it, or do you kind of? I, I would love to just see that pop up on your Facebook one day. I did that in that post. I just put a picture of my leaves. Um, uh, yeah, 
It's um, I, it's not something I do regularly, Megan. No. <laughs> well, we <laughs> want no... you to send us one. Send yeah. us one. Send us one. Like tweet one to us, so we can you can say <laughs> my leaves. <laughs> I will. You're on. I will do that. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I have one uh, one more question that um, that we just really like to to ask the people, you know, who who come on the show um, again. You know, we just always want to know um, uh, things that are going to inspire our listeners. So um, what are three things that you are most optimistic about this year? Oh, good question. Um, I will travel a lot more than what I have. So already this year I've had two trips to Bali and a trip to Melbourne. So I'm optimistic that I will travel to another minimum six countries. Um, I am optimistic that my signature 12-week course that will be launching in April, May, I'm optimistic that people around the world are going to love that and that it is going to be life-changing for, for thousands and thousands of people around the globe. I am optimistic that I'll get to meet Oprah in the next 12 weeks. Uh, 12 months. <laughs> 12 weeks. Oh, 12 weeks. 12 I was like, whoa, 12 weeks. <laughs> we better get everybody Oprah. Oprah, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Oprah, I'd love to meet you. <laughs> I'd love to you. Well, that's awesome. Well, where can our um, listeners, what's your favorite hotspot? that you would like our listeners to, cause they do, they go look, they go check out more. So where would you send them like hotspots? Like if it's just one location, couple locations, how can they, how can they get more into your work? So my number one place I show up is on my personal Facebook page and that's open to, um, to new friends. Like I run that as a business page. So if you want to come hang out with me there, that's where you'll get the most information um, and the most, uh, interaction with me and then Instagram, um, not so big, but you can still come play. Um, and I guess if they're probably the two main spots and then if you're, if the listeners are interested in reading my ebook as well, they can just head to my website, aliciaabberley.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for this. I mean, this has been a wonderful conversation. We hope you've enjoyed it as well. You have been, um, we love getting deep and, and that's, that's stuff you brought deep stuff. And, uh, um, that's one thing that everyone that listens to, they know if they're listening to this podcast, we get people to really just open up, open up the books, you know, <laughs> let's get into this. So, um, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much for having me, Tim and Megan. It has been, um, it's been awesome. Thank you. Well, you've been listening to another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember you can be more, do more, and have more. Everything worth having is uphill. However, you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. But most importantly, you will see Alicia, Megan, and myself on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.